Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Some situations in your life, as hard as you might try, can't be changed or fixed, and the only thing you can do is be faithful. In Genesis chapter 21, God is teaching this hard lesson to Abraham. Abraham is learning that God often calls us to difficult things, so we have no choice but to trust and rely on Him instead of ourselves. Abraham's bad choices deeply affected other people. In today's text, Hagar and Ishmael experience the consequences of Abraham's bad choices and the grace of God as well. Let's keep our eyes on the Lord in part two of the message, God with you in the pressures of life. This is why sometimes people in church want to run away. Oh, we didn't get, I didn't get along with so-and-so. And I'm like, no, 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 don't run away. You're, you're running away from what God wants to do. God wants to do his thing in the midst of family squabbles. So don't run away with that. That's so selfish. Just to, to, to leave? That's, that's, you know, just don't do that. You just don't do that. And future generations of the people of God, including the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, will come through Isaac. In the New Testament, in Romans 9, 7, and Hebrews eleven eighteen, it actually quotes the Lord saying here, in Isaac your seed shall be called. So the son of the promise, Isaac, through the centuries, through the family line, will bring us the son of the promise, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will make you and I the sons and daughters of the promise. But in verse 13, the Lord assures Abraham in his distress about what he's going to do with Ishmael. So what is he doing? He's reminding him that he's, God is reminding Abraham that he is faithful because he's already made this promise to him before. Because what's a big temptation that we all face? to choose family over God, to choose relationships over God. That doesn't mean we torch them. That means we work at them. But ultimately, we choose God. And what does he say to him? I will not forget Ishmael. Now, if we're attentive, even in the worst of times, even in the worst of times, the Lord will always have a word for his children. Always. And we, of all people, have this. You, you say, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what to do. People call me up all the time. I don't know what to do. I always say, read the Psalms. And this is how you read them, out loud, out loud. And you will always find a word from God. You'll find yourself praying, because as you're reading with the psalmist, you're reading with your eyes and with your ears and with your mouth. You're hearing it. And it's going in all over the place, but you're praying to God other times. Other times you're hearing God speak. This is important. This is important for Abraham. This is important for us. Why? Because the Lord commands. He doesn't suggest. He commands an all-out commitment from his people. This is a unique time we're living in, guys. We have the hardcore Christians. We have people who are 
not really Christians at all. They sort of just show up at you know, church, some churches or stuff like that. But then we have a large middle section. We call this the mushy middle. This middle section is getting cleaned out. So here's something to either look forward to or not look forward to. I was telling Pam and I were talking about this yesterday. I was saying to her, I think in the next season, and again, some of you will like this and some of you will hate this, I think to avoid any of us being in the mushy middle, we're going to have to call people to a higher living for God. We're going to have to not let anybody who considers this to be their home church. Now, and you know what? Here's the thing. Unbelieving people get that. They get that. They're like, what, what holds me back a lot is the full throttle call of Jesus. I mean, I read, you told me to read the gospel of Mark, Pastor Jim, and dude, that guy is like, follow me, man. And so we're going to have to call each one another, me included, to a higher level of living for God. Because other than that, we end up, as James has been teaching us on Wednesday night, we end up double-minded. So that's number one, God is with you in times of uh, distress. Number two, God is with you in times of despair. You see, what's the difference between distress and despair? Distress is painful. Despair is a complete loss of hope. Completely. Verse 14, so Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her, on Hagar's shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba and the water in the skin was used up or it was gone, there's none left, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. Holman Christian Standard Bible says, I can't bear to watch the boy die. So she sat nearby. As she sat nearby, she wept loudly. So her situation has gone from distress. Her situation, Abraham is in distress They're leaving. Her situation has gone from distress of we're leaving to despair. It's hopeless. My son is going to die. I'm going to die. This is not good. So it begins in verse 14. Notice what Abraham does. This is a tremendous example for us. He gets up early not just getting up early, but getting up early to obey the hard and painful directive of the Lord. Notice God doesn't, everybody's like, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's going to be an easy life. <laughs> Much to learn you have, young Christian. <laughs> right? I mean, all, all the Star Wars are fans. He's talking like Yoda again. Um, but no, no, this is a hard thing for him to do. He's got to get up and do the hard thing, which is the result of his sin. And now he's seeing the result of his sin, the tremendous pain it has brought to others as well. Some situations in life, loved ones, there is no painless way out. There's just not. Some situations in life, you can't fix it. 
You can't reverse it. You say, then what can we do? We can only be faithful in the midst of it. We can only say, I can't change what I did. I can't change what happened. But from this point forward, God, my part in this, I will be faithful. Sometimes we have to make hard decisions, hard ones about the influences in our lives. Oftentimes God is going to call us to make decisions in life, in faith that are not easy, not easy at all. In my experience, God does not call, at least he doesn't call me, he doesn't call most people I know who are true followers of Jesus to what is easy. He calls us to trust him in what is, what even may not seem like at the time, but what is his best. Not our best, his best. Now Hagar and Ishmael are wandering Now they are venturing into the unknown, yet they have the promise of verse 16 and verse 13, the promise that he would be a great nation. But here's the thing about despair. Despair has a way of helping us forget the promises of God, doesn't it? When things seem so hopeless, it's very easy for us to put our eyes on that situation and forget the promises of God. Then the worst possible thing happens to them. The water runs out. When we read that they're in the wilderness, they're out in the desert. No water in the desert, certain death. So she puts him under a tree She says, let me not see the death of the boy. Now here come the skeptics come rolling out again. Well, if they had him, Isaac, when Ishmael was 14, and now he's about three, that would make him about 17. He's clearly not a boy. The math doesn't add up. I think they ignore a mother's pain. Let me give you an example. My two sons, we have two sons and a girl. But my two boys are both grown men. Now, I am a bit over six feet tall, and I am the shortest boy in my family. Both of my boys are taller than me, but they will always be my boys. I'll tell people they're men. They're grown men. I'll tell them sometimes Zach like a man. But to me, they'll always be my boys. And to Pam, they'll always be her babies. See, I don't even need to say that women are finishing the sentence for me. And, and, and the grace with which my wife does it is amazing to me. I would be like, I traipsed you around in my gut for nine months. <laughs> I seriously would be that. She doesn't do that. Because they're her babies. Verse 17, and God heard the voice of the lad. Then the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, what ails you, Hagar? 
What's the matter? Now you'd be like, duh, God doesn't know. Of course he knows. He wants to hear it from us. Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. You know, it was probably there the whole time. And many of us can testify to this when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, that, that the stuff was there the whole time. Like, I, I always think about growing up as a kid, how many times I heard the gospel read. How many times I took communion. How many times I said prayers and nothing. Nothing. It's probably there the whole time. God needs to open our eyes. And sometimes we get so frustrated with the people we're talking with, they were like, they're not getting it. Are you praying that God would open their eyes? While you're talking to them, are you praying that God open their eyes? Those of us who came to faith in life later, some of you, you're younger in the faith, you think, oh, I figured it out. The rest of us are like, no, I didn't figure nothing out. (laughs) Like, I'm as dumb as a rock, man. God opened my eyes. It says, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave it to the lad to drink. So God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness. He grew and, and and he lived in the desert and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took or mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Now, this to me is very interesting. Ishmael doesn't seem to be a believer. I mean, Abraham, no doubt, told him about Yahweh. But God hears the cry of the mocker. And God provides for him And we're told that God was with the lad. This seems to me, to be to me, what theologians call, if you're not familiar with the term, it's one you do need to be familiar with, very familiar with actually, what we call common grace. Common grace is that God shows grace and provision to the whole world to believing people and unbelieving people. So it's a beautiful day. God gives it to everyone. The the cycle of rain and sunshine and the way he provides for the planet, that's common grace. God provides for everyone. So you can somebody can say to you, you know, oh, it's a beautiful day and you know, if you know them and you could just say, yeah, you know what the Do you know what that is? That's what we call, as Christians, we call common grace. God is just giving it to everyone. But you see, while that sounds nice, I think this text here is also a call for all of us that if God doesn't write off people, neither should we. He didn't write these two off. Sarah, rip those pages out of the book, man. They're gone. But he doesn't write them off. 
and neither should we. We shouldn't write people off. You go, oh, but they mocked me. You know, if you've been mocked for God, but you're in great company. You're in company with God. You're in company with the Lord Jesus. You're in the company with so many of the people in the Bible. And not to mention, remember this, friends, a lot of times we are the only follower of Jesus in certain people's lives. How many of you are the only Christian where you work? Go ahead, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Okay, right now, I ordain you the pastor of your job. How many of you are the only Christian in your family? Raise your hand. I ordain you the pastor of your family. Pastor Jim, you're ordaining a lot of women pastors here. Yeah, stick it in your ear. (laughs) If there's nobody else there, come on. I don't care whether you're a guy or a woman. You're the only one there. You're it. You're it. And here we see something else about God. Here we see God loves single moms. Hagar is now what? She's a single mom. God loves, and this is an amazing thing, God loves teenage boys. <laughs> I don't know too many fathers who love teenage boys, especially when they want to date his teenage girl. God loves wanderers. These guys are wandering in the wilderness. God loves people who are hopeless. God loves people who are despairing. Maybe this is part of the message we need to be preaching to ourselves and telling others about these days about God's incredible love and care for people. You see it in the beautiful day. You see it in the provisions that God makes for people to keep them going. And ultimately, you see it in the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, be more creative in bringing the gospel to people. Be more creative, but get the flag up to the top of the pole. You say, what does that mean? Not the American flag, the cross. They were blessed by God in their despair because God is gracious, but also because they they knew Abraham. You know, those of you who I just ordained pastors, you you know, the blessing to wherever you are comes to the place where you work or you live a lot of times because of you. God is blessing because of you. God opened her eyes and she saw water. That's what needs to happen to all of us. God needs to open our eyes so we see the Lord Jesus. So we respond to the Lord Jesus. So we receive not just the water like she did, but what Jesus called living water. If you know John chapter four, if not, read it for your homework. Jesus meets this woman. 
She goes from guy to guy to guy. Now she's living with her boyfriend. Jesus doesn't go, oh, man, wasting my time with you, girl. He says, hey, I have living water. They meet at a well. Well, I have living water. Drink this, you'll never thirst again. She's like, where do I get this? And then what does he do? He gets the flag up to the top of the pole. He tells her who he is. And then she goes out and becomes an evangelist for him. Notice he didn't go, eh, it's okay, don't worry about the way you're living. No, no, he says, what you're doing is wrong. But he still loved her anyway. Water is a metaphor for the provision for, of God. But eventually, like it did for Hagar, eventually our water is going to run out. So Jesus offers us his. Now here's the question. Do you want the living water that Jesus offers that springs up into eternal life? Do you want that? Or you just want life to be easy? So many people that like, that's all I care about. I just want life to be easy. Well, what do you do when it doesn't become easy? A couple years back, I, I had a friend through business and he had a death in the family and he considers himself an agnostic. I'm like, who do you people, uh, an atheist. I said, who do you, who do you call? It's like, we don't really call anybody, man. We don't know what to do. <laughs> See, because eventually all of us will become helpless. Eventually all of us will become distressed. Eventually all of us will become despairing. That great C.S. Lewis quote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. I mean, so many of us will tell you that we came to faith in Christ through incredible pain. That God opened our eyes through hopeless despair. Number three, we went through God is with you in times of distress to God is with you in times of despair. Number three, God is with you in times of disagreement. Look at verse 22. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol. Now these are, these, we came across Abimelech already. Abraham's living in their land. He's the king. So these are two pagan guys. They're not, they're not followers of Yahweh. And Phicol, the commander of his army, spoke to Abraham saying, God is with you in all that you do. We see it, man. Everything you touch, I mean, whatever you are, I mean, you're prosperous. God is with you. Now, therefore, he says, swear to me that you will not deal falsely with me. Remember, Abraham had lied to him and said, oh, yeah, my wife is really my sister. And he, so he's saying, don't deal false with me. Don't do that anymore. Now, it's very interesting when someone would say to you, I know God is with you, but you're a liar. <laughs> Don't deal falsely with me, with my offspring, or with my posterity, but that according to the kindness that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land which you have dwelt. I gave you this land. I want you to be kind to all of us because I see what God's doing in your life. You're becoming a powerful guy. God is with you. Kind of creeps me out a little, Abe. but I, I want you to watch out for us. And Abraham said, I will swear. What does he say? I'm going to curse? No. 
he says, we can get along. We can get along. Can you get along with unbelieving people? Can you? You're going to have to. You're going to have to. And can you be kind to them? Can you bless them? Can you bless them so much that they might actually say to you, I know you're not a perfect person, but clearly God is with you. Clearly God is with you. Verse 25, then Abraham rebuked Abimelech. He says, okay, we'll get along, but I got, I got a bone to pick with you. I know you got a bone to pick with me. I lied to you. I did. I admit it, but I got a bone to pick with you. Then Abraham rebuked Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had seized. And Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, nor have I heard of it until today. Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love brings you the great hope of the gospel to equip you to reach others with this transforming message. In a world filled with fear and mistrust, Pastor Jim provides the path to freedom in a clear and transparent style. Changed by Love needs your help to reach thousands, including your friends and neighbors. Find out the ways you can team financially with Changed by Love by visiting our website at changedbyloveradio.org or call 862-217-9686. Pastor Jim would love to hear your story and how Changed by Love has impacted your life or someone you know. Your encouragement goes a long way. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.